Hey everyone, welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. We have reached episode 715. This is being recorded on March 22, 2023. I'm Sebastian Peak. I'm Jeremy Hallstrom. I'm a washed out washed out Josh Walworth. <clears throat> yeah, and he is. I'm Brett Van Spurberg. Yes, it's the PC Per Podcast crew. We've assembled yet again to bring, you know, uh, news and our views about things to you. And it's all thanks to you, our patrons. Yes, it's that Patreon plea portion of the podcast. And you can go to patreon.com slash PCPer, become one of our patrons, and keep us going. Let's go to Laramie, food. Wyoming, for our food oh. segment with Josh. Something new, you know, right? It's an, no, it's an oldie but goodie. It's the popper. It's it's the one with the, the cream cheese and the... I think it's got regular cheese cheddar on it. And the uh, the candied jalapenos and the raspberry jam on top of it. And this time they, they included lettuce, tomato, pickles, and onions, which... Mm-hmm. It's kind of new for me. I, I hadn't done that before, but you know, it was uh, kind of fresh. It, it, it really livened it up a bit. Vegetables Gave it a little bit more you. earthy flavor. So, and the the fries were, were were nicely done. They were not soggy at all, even after being trapped in the uh, cardboard box. So, yeah, it was a very pleasing, pleasing lunch slash dinner slash breakfast. I haven't got. Mm, more than two chins yet, but it's working on it. <laughs> there you have it. Intermittent fasting by Josh Walworth. Yes. Yeah. Our top story is something a little shocking to a lot of people based on the reactions of social media today. Anyway, Counter-Strike mm-hmm. 2 for CSGO owners. This will show up, right? As a free upgrade. Yes. It's in limited test right now, and uh, I have not attempted to play it yet. I think it's invitation only test right now. Yeah, you got to apply. Let's just face it. Oh, I, I don't think, think you, you're going to get invited. I don't even think you apply. They they ask you based on your history and what you've been doing on Steam and possibly how you rate things. Uh, mm-hmm, but yeah, mm-hmm. there's an FAQ mm-hmm. you go to, and Steam is more along the lines of, yeah, we've been monitoring, we'll monitor usage and those that seem appropriate, we will uh, contact. I don't know. I, li- I played a lot of Counter Strike and uh, Counter Strike Source. Yeah. A little bit of CSGO. Not much. But, you know, in the early 2000s, it was a lot of hours. Lots. And I'd just been married, you know, and uh, Friday nights were. Go get some beer and run home and try to get on the hard CS server before the ping got mm-hmm. bad and before it filled up. Because in between 7 and like 10 o'clock at night on a Friday, it was packed. You couldn't get a spot. And yeah, my wife was awfully lonely on Friday nights. And as a newlywed, that's not great. Mm. But but CSGO. Now, 23 years later... Nobody yeah. cares. But. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's like, what do you? Yeah. She wouldn't even ask what you were doing. <laughs> like, he's just in his room. I don't know. Go, go play that game yeah, thing. That you were yeah, please get away from me. Yeah, don't touch yeah. me. Just go. I'm watching. I'm watching TV. Just see us go. Oh, the next it's, era of Counter Strike. This summer, it's the largest technical leap forward in Counter Strike's history, says the press release, ensuring new features and um, updates for years to come. I wonder if it's going to have frame rates. What do you think? Frame rates? It'll have all the frame yeah. rates. Well, like I'm just thinking it may, it may be or? down. No, have them. So that it'll be down to only like 200 frames a second on high-end cards. Well, uh, instead of like 400 or 600 or something like that. There was one interesting thing that I caught in the one of the reviews. And yeah, the it does look pretty, the updates that they're doing. But uh, one thing that it wasn't frames, but... Uh, they were suggesting that ticks don't matter anymore. No, they have some interesting uh, technology that, um, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't rely on ticks. It it somehow they've changed it to some yeah. time sensitive movement thing that um, they don't have to wait for you know a tick. So if you're in like a thirty tick server. Um, 
it sucks because you're, you can you're move or shoot, movement, not both, and shoot and what, and then there's 60 and then 120 stuff, and you know the high tech servers were were uh, the ones you really wanted to get on if you wanted to be competitive. And yeah, they apparently have have changed it around, so it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Shall we move on past CS two? <sighs> Is there any more? To something go. To we something done. go. Let's do something a little more go. Uh, speaking of going, uh, mm. Raja is leaving Intel. He's going back to software. To, He's to had enough someone. hardware. He, he's, I think he contemplated retirement, he said, but then he, he was excited about AI, so he's going to do an AI startup because that's, you know, that's, that's what people do now. And what's interesting about the AI startup, he's trying to break the CUDA stranglehold on uh, AI. Yes, yes. And I think that that is a wonderful, wonderful thing to do because NVIDIA is so far ahead of everybody in anything in terms of GPU software and their partnerships with universities that they started on in like the late aughts, you know, when GP, GPU started to be a thing that they invested money in a lot of different universities that were kind of considered hotspots in computer science and these people eventually graduate and they're familiar with CUDA. And so what do you do? Do you learn something new at your job? No, you, you make a big impression, use the tools that you learned to make something a little bit better. So yeah, the AI ML world essentially is like 85 to 90% CUDA because that's what everybody is familiar with. That's where all the tools are. Everybody has knowledge of it. And so, yeah, it'd be great to see if, if Raja could deliver some kind of AI framework and software. And he's, he's, he's using non NVIDIA parts. So probably going to be working with AMD and Intel, obviously, maybe even arm because they've got, they've got AI type, you know, hardware that's, that's, that's directly for that. So it's going to be interesting to see. I, I, I wish him well because the industry needs it because CUDA really is a stranglehold and they are directing the train at this time. Can, can we count this as arc news if we mention what's going to happen there? What do we think is going to happen there? Good sure, question. Why not? We don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I, I think Battle Mage is going to come out. We have no idea if Celestial will make it. And a lot of people are down well. that Druid would uh, is even going to see the light of day. Uh, Intel is a hard company to change direction because they look at CPUs and they're like, we're making 8 billion on consumer chips and the rest of that is Xeons and we've got all these other small things that have a couple of billion. And right now we're, we're shoveling money into graphics and, you know, NVIDIA is only making 5 billion. We're making 19 billion a quarter. Mm-hmm. So why do we want to get into that? But you know what? It just is. Yeah, it's it's really short-sighted if they decide to, to go against this because the more I learn about Alchemist, the more impressed I am about the actual hardware. And it's good at matrice math. It's good at ray tracing. It's good at everything. I mean, it's it's a first-generation product that, you know, the only way it's fallen down has been essentially uh, software, and they've been working 24-7 on improving that and they really have. So I'm hoping that they see the light and stay with it because it is still very much a growth industry and you're going to need that technology portfolio if you want to compete in the future because CPUs are only going to take you so far. I mean, you can only so throw so many threads at things before you have to really start looking at, um, accelerators 
And, you know, the GPU is a great architecture for adding in accelerators and new features and things like that. I mean, it's massively parallel, super granular in how you do it. You can add things to it. Um, and you can see with, you know, the, the RTX 2000 series, everything that NVIDIA did to add to that. I mean, the, the, the matrices multiplier is, I mean, it was, it was kind of a game changer in certain areas of uh, compute, not only just with their DLSS, but in other, you know, AI machine learning and, and things like that. I mean, it just was a game changer in terms of performance. AMD couldn't compete and Intel is actually competing with, you know, a very forward looking architecture, but it's a first generation part. So it's, it's certainly not optimized and they've got to learn a lot of learning to do, but yeah. The future is, is going to be accelerators and the software support. And I mean, Moore's law is slowing down dramatically. It started slowing down, I think. And, and really, if you look at, you know, transistor density about 2006, 2007, 2008, uh, that's when you started to see those timelines get extended and not counting, you know, Intel from 2013 to 2020 with their 14 nanometer process that went through plus, 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 at Infinium. Um, yeah, they're, they're going to run into problems because, again, CPUs can only take you so far. Threads can only take you so far. Dedicated hardware acceleration for really important workloads is going to be something that is going to be focused on in the future because we need it and general compute is not dead, but it's not going to be as important. I mean, think that the growth of, of threads and single thread performance is eventually going to peak out. We've got things like, you know, 3d stacking, uh, of, of cache. So you have those cash, large caches closer to, to execution cores and all of that. But your uh, acceleration really sorry it's 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 the future and if you give up on gpus now uh you're you're throwing a big chunk of ip and development away so what you're saying is that you don't think intel should cancel arc is that what i'm hearing oh. i mean i i could talk for another four minutes if you'd like but yes <laughs> okay so forget what moore's law is dead is saying because he already predicted that arc was canceled before oh. And now oh, they might, they might in fact cancel it. They may do it, it because, seems, but it's a bad idea. It seems unlikely because Intel doesn't jump into a new platform without putting a huge amount of effort in. Strong behind arm. The but they've done it before. Uh, okay. They, they have Modems. screwed up before. Cellular uh, Modems. Uh, Wait, come on, bring up Larrabee. Uh, <laughs> at least the original, yeah, at least the original well, graphics project became their integrated graphics for many years. That's what that did. was rolled well, into. Yeah. So uh, it's we need a third player, and where they have come out at is not best at everything, but good at everything, and at a price point that everyone can kind of digest. It's it's kind of hard to think that they would abandon it. I, they could, as you just all helpfully pointed out, they have abandoned on many things. Uh, it just, I don't know that the amount of money that they've probably put into it, the amount of effort and design they've put into it. And as Josh has just, you know, pointed out the fact that you can't stick with CPUs, like you, you have to build an architecture and the GPU architecture, unless you're going to come up with something completely different, which is crazy is brilliant for the sort of high HPC sort of stuff we're seeing and the growth of your industry or at least your share in the industry. So well, then, it then they'll stay like in the high. HPC space. I can totally see them leaving the consumer graphics market if they never develop any market share. And they we're having to, we're already seeing discounts below MSRP on the, the cards. There, the there's, an, yeah. there's enough yeah. stock out there that the rumor, of course, if you believe what MLID says, is that they're going to wait another year to release battle mage because they want to wait till second half 2024 to sell through existing arc inventory. So if that's the case, if there's any truth to that, then I don't know. I just feel like there's never going to be how much excitement can there be another year from now after we've had the same products on the market? Although I mean, 
honestly, they keep getting better. Wait, so. they did they see wait, what second half of 2024 that they would release yeah. Battle Mage? That was the thing I had up on the screen. Yeah. Uh, is refreshed yeah, Arc Alchemist possibly canned as Arc Battle Mage and Celestial reportedly launching in H2 2024 and 2026, respectively. This is all hmm. based on like this extremely busy. And those are timelines that can exist. There's no way you can be three years out from. Yeah, that would that would that would that would be bad. Uh, if yeah, they don't have Battle true. Mage by the end of 2023, it's 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 no bueno. Because there were because rumors there was going to be, be a refresh. Why would you do a refresh after what almost two years? You got to have new architecture, or you would think. Yeah. But, you uh, what are you going to push out it with it with the brand new firmware already installed on it? Uh, yeah, refresh after that much is yeah. I don't know. We're combining the first two stories that we had here that uh, arc potentially didn't uh, live up to everybody's expectations because it was just wasn't as good as CSGO as it should have been. And that was really its downfall. But it got better. It got better at the DX9 stuff, you know, when they smartly adopted the Vulcan, you know. Yeah. If, If they had released it six months before, I think they'd be in a far better state, but... You know, development is what it is. And software probably then was, I mean, that was when they were busy rewriting the entire stack because what they currently had, they could not port to effectively and uh, utilize the, the, the performance of of that GPU. So, yeah, no, it's, it's a complex thing. It's why only companies the size of Intel can really jump into the market and expect to be, you know, competitive. And at that price point, it's very competitive. It's a full featured product that works very, very well with the latest drivers. And that's about as best as I can say. Speaking of competitive ray tracing. Oh yeah. Let's move. Let's move uh, to the big player. Sebastian's path tracing is not great. Ah, beautiful path traced. All it takes is looking at something that's fully path traced to realize just how bad ray tracing is. And that (gasps) that may make zero sense, but NVIDIA themselves, though, we're going to cover some GDC news now. Game Developers Conference going on. And Cyberpunk 2077 brings beautiful path traced visuals to GDC, as this article from NVIDIA's website. And... Uh, I will draw your attention to this comparison here, which unfortunately is rather low res, but it shows path traced and then ray traced Mm. and then rasterization. (laughs) So you start to understand why there are a lot of people who are very down on ray tracing. Like usually you have to know what you're looking for. Is it the reflections? Is it the shadows? What is it that's ray traced in this particular game? Well, with path tracing, it's just a completely different experience because it's, it's totally natural lighting in everything all the time but it's a lot harder on your system but it's it's how things are rendered offline that's why offline like 3d movies special effects look so damn good they can throw a bunch of horsepower at it and just wait till it's done because one frame takes you know two and a half minutes to to render on modern stuff as compared to 20 years ago where a frame would take one server a day to do and they had to do server farms to and do it for eight nine months to get all the output out yeah good old pixar cd project red at the game developers conference in san francisco unveiled a technology preview for cyberpunk 2077 with path tracing coming april 11 so not april 1st no, mm-hmm. smart, intelligently, they did not do it on April 1st. Well, it's CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk, so, I mean, you got to check. I am excited about this because, I, I mean, I hope it'll make this a better benchmark, but really, it's just because I love path trace stuff. And that's, that's something this game needed from the beginning. This has that kind of pre-rendered feel to it, if this is what it indeed ends up looking like. And this will not, I mean, th- maybe this will be exclusive... Like it's showing RTX on. I don't know if this is a NVIDIA only technology, but this is DXR. You can Probably. do this in DXR. You can do this with any DirectX 12 Ultimate GPU, one would think. 
but of course they're going to promote DLSS 3 with this, which allows the games to render with one eighth of the pixels, dramatically multiplying frame rates. But I want all the pixels. Speaking of NVIDIA and DLSS, uh, real quick, DLSS 3 is coming to more games. It's in Diablo 4, or will be. And they're saying that the adoption of this is going to be growing significantly because they have Unreal 5.2 integration. And they also were providing uh, free tools at uh, GDC for developers to incorporate this into their games. Look at these titles. Diablo 4, Forza Horizon 5, Redfall. Currently 28 games support DLSS 3 frame generation. But uh, that number will be growing. I'll tell you. Epic. They're making some bank. And not only that, but they're reinvesting it in their engine. They're unreal. The latest build of UE and procedural generation of forests and stuff like that. I mean, they, they worked with, uh, what, Rivian to create a demo. You need to go see it. It's insane. It's It's just we've... I mean, this is, you know, when you first saw Crisis in 2007 and how the vegetation and everything moved, you were just blown away. This is I wanted to touch the turtle. This is the same thing. Yeah. UE5, just 5.2. And, I mean, they just keep iterating and optimizing and adding features, reiterate, optimize, get performance up there. It's just... It's just nuts. I mean, that's a yeah. Try to look up the Rivian one. Not uh, not. Yeah, how that's a good one. Oh, okay. No, it just looks like back when Unreal was first came out. If you can think back that far, I can. I, I, when I, I, Unreal, out, the 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 sky and Unreal was was awesome. It was Unreal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw that coming. Uh, I thought when, when you, you said Rivian, I was thinking hole. not the You're thinking electric, the, the trucks. But it is. The electric no. trucks. Yeah, that's what it I is. thought. They, it is. They, it is go. an electric truck. Yeah. 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 This is the Unreal Engine. And I mean, the, the 4K is fully coming through over this stream. Uh, there's no question exactly. about it. <laughs> Especially this small window, because for some reason I can't. Full screen does nothing. Anyway, yeah, check out the Rivian. Check out the Rivian <laughs> demo. It's impressive. Real time, photorealistic. I mean, yeah. they've been saying that for a long time, but we're getting a whole hell of a lot closer. That uncanny valley is getting closer to being canned. Yep. Josh, uh, I know you're excited about CPUs. I know you're excited about uh, data center technology, 2x gains, and x86 energy efficiency. So could you please say grace for us? Yes, please. It's the super chip. Look at this thing. It's uh, it's almost like chiplet technology. If you think about it, they have like this interconnect and two high performance. NVLink is, is it's big yep. thing, baby. So this is uh, the grace CPU super chip, which scored two X performance gains over X86 processors at the same power envelope across major data center CPU applications. Opening up a whole new set of opportunities, according to this article from NVIDIA.com. And considering the price of energy right now, that's... Uh... Yeah, they're, they're not just talking about... Yeah, it's carbon impact, it's efficiency. And I think I even saw something about Moore's Law in here, which, you know, it's just a, taking a shot. Moore's Law is effectively dead, reads the article. Yeah, again. Uh, physics no longer lets engineers pack more transistors in the same space at the same power. That's why the next damn zombie movie is going to be about Moore's law. I swear. Yeah, I I like this. This is why new x86 CPUs typically offer gains over prior generations of less than thirty percent. That's pretty big. I mean, if you were getting twenty to thirty percent every generation, that'd be fine. That'd be fine. Yeah, Mm -hmm. as power kept going down, but apparently, you know, we're just at a standstill. It's these damn fabs, man. Where's our, you know, sub one nanometer? Angstrom. Yeah, Angstrom. Yes, Angstrom. Right. You know, it, it did take about 20 years to develop working EUV. Yeah. 
And EUV isn't going to help you at the angstrom level. No, it is, but well, it's, okay. um, materials materials are really what's going to f you up. And the masks and oh man, it's you got to you got to deal with you know quantum tunneling and electro migration and just all of these. I mean, oops, <laughs> five atoms got displaced. <laughs> yeah, the chip's dead. He's gone. Yeah. This isn't related to NVIDIA necessarily, though. There are a couple of, uh, you know, there are from the past, including the very popular 1060, which is a three gigabyte uh, GPU unless you have a six gigabyte version. And of course, older GPUs like the uh, 780 was only three. Gigabyte I was going to say my GTX 780 is 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 toast now. Yeah, I forgot that the 1050 Ti was four gigs. So that's fine. So this is a story about Halo Infinite. They they patched it. And of course, you know, broke it for a lot of people because now you load it and it says could not find compatible graphics device with at least four gigabytes of available video memory. Finally time. If you have that three gigabyte 1060, it's time. It's time to get yourself a used 570 or uh, 1050 Ti, which sadly is slower, but would still open the game, which, you know, it's it's. (laughs) <laughs> it'll open it yeah you can load the game now you just it's not as fast as your 10 there have got to be a tremendous amount of rx 580s on ebay tremendous i don't know if there were four were there four gig 580s no no they're all eight gigs but you know why why not get a 580 if if you're having this issue for like 80 bucks let's look ebay.com I'm looking That's, for an RX 580. I hate to tell yeah, you, they're this, starting Josh, at 80 bucks. There are four gigabyte 580s. Ooh. Yeah, but anyway, apparently there are. Yeah, yes. the four gigabyte 580s $31. Used like new with just $50 <laughs> shipping direct from China. Hmm. I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure that was in a mining rig. Yeah, card Amazon is Canada is like 800 bucks. <laughs> Actually, you know what? The four oh. gigs. Hear me out. The four gig might be the one to get on the used market because uh, you wanted more memory to mine Ethereum. So I know the eights yeah. are way more popular than the fours. You want to buy saying. cards that were unattractive for mining or else Always. they will be trash. Well, don't cry too hard about that three gigabyte card because Asus and Noctua have worked their magic again to create a card with all the you brown said, and you clean said magic. So, well, I don't it is Apple trademark. Apple trademarked the word magic, but I'm going to use it anyway. It is. I thought Doug the... Henning did. <clears throat> I like this headline, Jeremy. Asus quietly releases mm-hmm. the GeForce RTX 4080 mm-hmm. Noctua OC. Now, I have heard some feedback about this card that it is not inexpensive. Let's see. Oh, sixteen hundred and fifty. Yeah, it's I... sixteen hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's more than a forty ninety. <laughs> yes, a bone stock forty ninety is less than this card. Now, yeah. I like Noctua stuff. I even like the original color scheme. I prefer it to the Chromax stuff. But I think, unfortunately, for vendors like Asus, uh, this generation anyway, the Founders Edition cards are very good already. The coolers are very quiet already. So, I mean, this will make uh, a difference, but it's not going to make a difference. 23.6 DBA? That's what this one did with a quiet BIOS on full load. That is very quiet. That is, you have to put your ear up to the system to kind of hear it, sort of. But, so I if mean, you you're... are, if you're so into quiet running that you're willing to pay a $450 premium. Sure. I mean, hey, or you just love an Octua because the color scheme is just brilliant. I mean, but when you've got to use like triple fan 360s to cool your modern, you know, 200 plus TDP processor, I mean, just the pump from this. I was doing noise it readings. Louder on than a, that. Yeah, yeah. Ju- just to do noise readings the other day on a graphics card review, I had to reach over and yank the uh, pump cable off of the motherboard <laughs> header because it was making too much uh, damn noise. We don't recommend doing that, by the way. Uh, so, I mean, I can. watched the okay, little not the motherboard. Hardware go up higher and higher it went from 40 to 60 and then 70 75 because i had no fans or pump running anyway so yeah i don't know i like the noctua cards but that is an insane premium 
Yeah. I mean, I, I don't like pointing out that the, the base card is 1200 bucks because that hurts too, but it does hurt. Yeah. It's just, but look at that. Look at the packaging. You're buying a, this is a lifestyle product. Yes. This is a, if you're in the night, well, knock to a lifestyle. Oh, your, your card has three fans. Well, mine does just does fine with two. And, and look how brown and tan they are. What can brown do for you? Right, Jeremy? Yep. Now, can you drop in different Noctua fans? What if you want the Chromax? Yes, you, you can. Those in? Oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Those are standard with PWM fans, so you can remove <laughs> that shroud and replace them with whatever you like. That is nice. It just as looks like a custom. They just need to sell this as a custom cooler. Uh, a bracket. Mm-hmm. They, they did sort of avoid mentioning how many slots it is, but I'm thinking it's just over four. It looks more than four, yes. Yeah. Just like from this angle. Four and a half, four and three quarters. Yeah. Yeah. Even just 4.1. It's also like it two takes kilos. That. Oh, here it is. Here's what the fans removed. There's a couple of pads here that rest up against the yep. heat sink. That's, that's very nice. Beefy uh, heat right. sink. Oh, yeah. Uh, phase change cooling in the heat pipes or heat pipes the, they call them heat pipes. the wiring harness or the connector to the card might be um proprietary though uh yes probably oh look yeah, there's even a performance boost of about uh you know a percent or two yeah there's a, a hair tire yeah it's significant i mean you're look you're you're not just getting a quieter card you're getting a potentially faster card Let's look at average. Well, FPS I mean, the, the factory overclock on it is 90 megahertz on the GPU. Oh, so it is. It. Okay. It's an overclock card. All right. But th- that's it, though. Memory is the same. Overall games tested at 1080, it averaged four additional FPS over the uh, the reference card. But there, was- And there was some quiet applause for that. But the thing is, you could still hear it over the noise of the card. Yes. In fact, you'll hear almost everything. And when it's that quiet, then there's going to be some other component that is going to become annoying to you. You'll never, yes. you've never knew how loud your AIO pump was until you have a graphics card this quiet. And, and let's hope this one doesn't have coil wine because there's no fan. That would be, to yeah, that would be horrible. Our next story, Microsoft, uh, they want to show you their wares. Or rather, they don't. But this is a, allegedly <laughs> some rogue agent did this. But this is a, a hilarious article from last week. Microsoft support cracks windows for a customer after activation fails. And uh, there's some, this guy was taking screenshots. I think he was on Twitter talking about this. Quote, it's literally easier to crack Windows than to pay for it. End quote. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Official Microsoft support uh, was helping this person with a Windows activation problem. And they loaded up a crack and just cracked his uh, <laughs> Windows for him. Well, uh, it's an endorsement. Right. I mean, apparently that particular uh, maneuver is relatively safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just makes me want to mm-hmm. look up this uh, script and just do it myself. Like, you know, why That's would I? Microsoft did thinking. it. Look, he, he you can make it permanent. Uh, you oh, look, the, Windows Office. Activate yeah. Office for 180 days. Okay. Do that while I'm at it. Hey, all the same licensing server. So, yeah. In, in response to this, I think they said that that was uh, not really authorized. They probably fired that person. Yeah. That uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's some uh, PowerShell permissions that uh, you're not able to grant yourself that they can. Oh, okay. So. Although I will have to try this. Yeah. <laughs> Sleeping Computer approached Microsoft for comment in advance of publishing. Quote, we strive to provide <laughs> best-in-class support for our customers. The technique you described would be against our policy. That's from a Microsoft spokesperson. We're investigating this occurrence and we'll take appropriate steps to ensure proper procedures are followed. I, I think we all know what that means. Yeah. I think, I exactly. think the previously employed gentleman has been promoted to customer. <laughs> there is no higher honor. Let's pause here for a word from this week's podcast sponsor. Are you like me and thousands of email messages behind? I hate to admit that I'm living that life. Dealing with it can be an incredible time suck. It can really take away some of your best working hours if you just can't manage your inbox properly. There's a recent study that found 50% of the time managers spend tending to their inboxes is spent on emails that should never have been sent to them in the first place or that didn't even need an answer. That's on target based on my experience as well. 
But what if you could just press a button and never see those time-wasting emails again? Well, that's exactly what SaneBox does. With just a few clicks, SaneBox automatically gets your email under control and filters out all the messages that you don't need to focus on. And you don't even have to switch email apps because it works in concert with whichever email client you're already using. It has some nice features like Sane Black Hole, where you can vanquish senders you never want to hear from again, and Sane Reminders for sending email reminders to your future self. To see how SaneBox can almost magically remove those distractions from your inbox, Try it for free with a two-week trial. Visit SaneBox.com slash PCPer today to start your free trial and get a $25 credit with our link. That's S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot com slash PCPer. Try it out. We're back and we're going to talk about Pwn to Own, which is underway. 2023 Pwn to Own in Vancouver. Yeah, I, if I wasn't so busy at work, I would have kind of bugged them, but we're doing a lot right now. I, I love that we're in the era of Tesla exploits hacking that was the first car. yeah tesla model 3 and windows 11 and mac os zero day exploits but i mean yeah because if you win you can get three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars and the tesla model 3 pwn yep. to own literally which you can pwn yourself now this may shock you but the first to fall was um adobe reader yeah it was only worth fifty thousand though i mean oh, okay. it's not hard it's <laughs> low, serious uh, that was a, a low bar i guess <laughs> yeah SharePoint is a little more, yeah, that's a little more worrying, Uh, but uh, uh, time of check to time of use attack against the Tesla won the man. Wait, somebody actually got it. They got $100,000 and the Model 3 on the Tesla. And the same type of attack was used against uh, Apple's uh, OS as well for Mm. a 40K payout. Okay. And Oracle VirtualBox. A different technique, but same $40,000 payout. Yeah. Uh, Oracle's VirtualBox was the more classic buffer overflow um, okay. and stack attack. Yeah. And there were some interesting teams ones too, but they didn't make the top 10 or top five or whatever. There was over a million dollars worth of cash handed out. There's more excitement coming. I mean, by the time you listen to this, it will probably be over, but they still have a Ubuntu desktop. Teams, Windows 11, VMware, Workstation coming up. Yeah. They're handing out tickets as the as the applications sort of check into the event with, you get a zero day, you get a zero day. Everybody gets you a zero get day. Yeah. Everybody Just gets look a under zero day. There. <gasps> We're <laughs> one of winners. All the applications are very excited uh, after this. And, and operating system vendors. It's a super day for them. Oh, by the way, this is Security Corner. I should have mentioned that. Mm, but yeah, uh, a trigger warning uh, for anyone. Who yeah, sorry, everybody. Computers. But in the grand tradition of, of security corner, though, we have already looked at a bleeping computer article or two. Here's another one. And I love this. The Windows 11 snipping tool. Oh, no. Acropolis. This is Acropolis. Yes, but it's not just Windows 11. It's your iPhone, too. Oh, is it? So anytime well, that, that's that you on have dropped an image, <laughs> you think it's gone. You think the parts you cropped out are gone. Yeah. Well, yeah. no. There, there is still enough freaking metadata back there that they can actually recover at least some of it. That's not all of it. A little scary. But yeah. And it is really nasty. Uh, cause the, the, it's, it, it's also, it's all about the portable networks graphics, mm. uh, thing. So there's an IN data chunk, which says, Hey, this is where the picture ends. Move on. When you crop it, it inserts another IN data chunk, but it doesn't get rid of anything after that IN data chunk. Now, as you copy the picture, uh, you lose data because it no longer respect your operating system no longer respects the data after that original I end, but it doesn't completely corrupt it or at least don't trust it to. So it, the, the viewers that are watching the podcast right now can see a partially recovered image. Yes, there is a lot of nastiness going on, but if you were desperately trying to cut out a little piece of a picture or a little piece of a bunch of text to show someone, just that little snippet could ruin your day or life. Yeah, think about so, uh, yeah. you know an ill-advised uh, self-portrait, shall we say, <laughs> where uh, mm. part of it 
revealed a little more than you wanted it to. So you did a little mm-hmm. screenshot, a crop, and then sent that off. And uh, Yeah, well, maybe... it's still dangling there somewhere. Yeah, it's still there. So, And by the way, this image is something I'm very familiar with. Anybody who's ever done like SD card recovery. Uh, yeah. You that's... find a bunch that look like this where half of it is like a purple color and there's garbage in the middle. But then there's like half the image. And then there's the other there. half you wish you never saw. You're like, oh, whoa, what is, what is that? Yeah. Oh, now, so to be all these be people clear, who is... recently visited Thailand or trying uh, yeah. to read up on this and how to mitigate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, this come on, we know that spiral guy. This is a byproduct of the image storage format and PNG and how they yeah. delineate end of end of file uh, or where the data actually ends. And not the operating system isn't suffering. Well, it may be, but not because of this. Or, or different file formats suffer a little bit from this potentially. But this is a fault of how the typical png open source readers work and how they truncate files so but the good news is hardly anyone uses png oh sure yeah no no not at all it's not widespread or anything like that no portable network graphics interesting yeah Hmm. all right let's move on to gaming quick hits and uh we should talk about the diablo 4 beta which i'm you know just given the tone of some of the conversation about gaming, this group I doubt has uh, played this yet. I think it's Josh might have. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell us if you're impressed. I thoroughly it. enjoyed it. Um, the graphics updates were really, really good. Uh, the way they're able to kind of zoom in and give a more, you know, first person 3D perspective in, in cutscenes that they've done. Um, effects are all really well. Lighting nicely done i mean it's it's a significant upgrade from from diablo 3 it's not going to match uh some current first person shooters that look really good and uh that's fine because uh you know in the isometric 3d view it it works really 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 well and it's pretty friendly to a wide variety of uh of uh, hardware configurations um They've changed things with a little bit of, you know, fighting and um, how quests are done. And uh, what's kind of interesting is, is they've kind of cut some of the linearity down and that you can revisit, you know, previous areas and they have new, you know, new dungeons that suddenly opened up, uh, you know, higher level things. So it's not just there's no reason for me to go back. There's a lot of reasons to go back. And, uh, yeah, it said uh, the artwork is, is great. Uh, apparently the sorcerer is broken. You, you, you spec a couple of different things and suddenly you're just killing everything and taking no damage. So it's definitely a beta. Uh, lighting is good. You know, character customizations, perfectly fine. You can do pretty much anything you want. Um, yeah, no, it's it. You know, I spent probably five hours on it on Sunday. I, I tried to kind of get into it on Friday, but I, you know, I saw a queue of a hundred and some odd people, and it wasn't going down. So I did other things on that, and then had a movie night on Saturday, and thought, well, okay, finally it's Sunday. It's the end of the beta. I'm going to try it, and then yeah, I was sucked in. It was, it was great. It was, uh, you know, it was like loading up Diablo one for the first time, and 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 strolling through Tristram and, and, and the chapel and just getting engrossed into it because it's just simple and fun, but it still is engaging and there are things that you learn and it's not repetitive. And yeah, no, I, I think that um, Diablo 4 is going to be a pretty good success for him. You're saying Diablo isn't repetitive? <laughs> I mean, it is hack and slash. But mm-hmm. they've 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 added enough interesting things that okay you get past it. Mutant Year Zero devs new strategy game Miasma Chronicles. My asthma. My asthma. My asthma. My asthma. M i a s m a arrives in May. Now, Jeremy, you called this one out, but I actually have really enjoyed playing Mutant Year Zero uh, every once in a while. I, I don't think I've worked my way all the way through it, but I've done uh, a lot of the missions and explored a lot of the world. 
And I watched the video on this one, and it just seems like the next generation of Mutant Year Zero with more uh, interesting characters, maybe a little bit more development yeah. in the special effects and different characters, like I was saying, and um, some, uh, some different abilities and things like that. But you can see the very same care they put into assembling the team and building the background and the stories. I can tell they're going to do the same thing here. And I enjoyed the game. I think yeah. this is probably going to be pretty good. Yeah. I, I never actually got the uh, add on to mutant New zero, but I, I did enjoy the full game of it. And one of the things that I kind of liked about it was you had no excuse to bitch or complain because everyone played the same game. There is no random uh, NPC interaction. There is no random encounters. Everything is scripted along the way. Generally, yeah. I don't, tend to like those games these guys did a brilliant job on it because i didn't bail on it like halfway through or even a quarter of the way through and say yeah this is all dumb no i enjoyed it and there were and different ways to they didn't things. baby you they didn't no. baby you on the ramp either you could you could die instantly by by battling yeah. with the wrong team or whatever you had to kind of choose your battles and work your mm -hmm. way around things and there was some immediate strategy involved in the game and it was a, it was they, a thinking but point and shoot game at the same time yeah and they didn't really screw you over if you weren't really sure about the mechanics of the game so you went and bought some stuff and you weren't really sure and you ran out of uh, the credits that the, in that system it didn't really mess you up it's like there mm -hmm. was literally a way to find every a way around every problem with what you had so yeah, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to this, and it looks significantly prettier. Yep, it uh, it does. And the end, uh, Mutant Year Zero was actually a good looking game, in my opinion, as well. So, oh yeah, but this looks no, like it wasn't better. ugly. Finally, we mentioned the spring. Yeah, apparently it's seventy percent off right now. By the way, Mutant Zero Year Zero. Ah, on this uh, spring sale. Good. Of call. course, this is the Steam spring sale. Oh, look at Steam Deck is on sale. Ten percent off the Steam Deck. Mm -hmm. I can't believe it's been Whoa. out for a year. Buy it now. Estimated delivery is uh, one to two weeks. So they're, they've caught oh. up in the end. I like this middle one. I have right no needs for it. I have but, no need for a Steam Deck. None. Don't you want a big, chunky handheld device? No. Oh. I already Wait. have one. But yeah, you probably are talking about your smartphone, right? <laughs> oh, oh. Timing, okay. Josh. Timing. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. So the Steam backlog sale going on now. Add more games to your list that you'll never play. <laughs> or just, you know what? Exactly. Free yourself from the shackles of your backlog. Just write it off. Write it off to experience. Yeah. I'm never going to play that game. Don't worry about it. Get new games and then oh, maybe yeah, play them. Yeah. Maybe freshen your not shelf. play them. Yeah. It's fine. Freshen. We will quickly look at a review published this week for that Sapphire card we talked to Ed about last week. If you didn't catch that interview, it's on the PC Per YouTube channel and a slightly polished version. I only removed about 14 minutes from the original video that I but had that saved. That was the best 14 minutes. I think it was almost all silence because there were numerous like three to five second periods of silence that I was like cutting out and then trying to do like smooth transition edits and stuff. But I don't know. It's it's still over an hour and a half. But the Sapphire card, it's the Radeon RX 7900 XT, and this is a big triple fan solution, bigger than AMD's triple fan solution. So this card, uh, it's it's good. We talked about it last week a little bit, but it's, it can offer slightly higher performance than reference. I made some interesting charts. If you like, uh, you know, line graphs. Total card power draw, not too much higher than reference, although it did spend some time up between like 350 and 360, 370, a little bit more than the reference card did. But what I found was interesting about this is the temps were actually higher than reference. And I, and But look at this highlighted area, this circled area. You have the reference card, which starts to drop drastically. The temperature's spike up at first and then drop. And the uh, the temperatures are kind of just constant with the pulse card. I'm thinking, oh, this is a fan ramping thing. So here is what, during that exact test, the fans were doing. And indeed, the reference card is very aggressive. It kept ramping the fans up to about 1,750 RPM 
while the Sapphire card was content to stay at 1400. This is just the default curve for this particular BIOS. So you can you can adjust all of this easily, even with uh, AMD's driver, go into the performance settings and set up your own fan curve. But by default, uh, the Sapphire does trade temps for noise. It wasn't bad. I mean, temperatures, a hot spot of under 75C is fine. It's just that the reference card was at like 65. So I was a little surprised. But the reference card was a lot louder. It was at almost 40 dBA. And the Sapphire card was 35 and a half under max load, like under its full 1400 RPM fan here, which is only about 35% of its max. So it can absolutely get cooler. See the reference card spinning at 66% in the same test. Sapphire only 35%. So, uh, and then I was just, you know, kind of, it's a, it's a good card, but then the pricing update today, it is now down to the same price after rebate of the reference card. So here it is at eight nineteen ninety nine. It's $40, $50 less than it was just 48 hours ago. And with a $20 off promo code, not even a mail-in rebate, promo code, you get it for $799.99. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it incredible? Thank you. Thank you. So I don't know. Would Would you get this over the reference card at the same price? Yeah. Considering it's quieter. Okay. Yeah, well, you can always tweak the fan curves if you want. Yeah, tweak the fan curve, and then you can have lower temps at the same dissipated. noise. Mm-hmm. Like I said in the review, the only reason I would get the reference card over this at this price is if I was building where that smaller form factor of AMD's reference card was was required, because that's you know a pretty strict two slot uh, mm-hmm. design, your standard like ten inch long graphics card of the last few generations. So anyway, that's the uh, Pulse 7900 XT and available now for just $799.99. But that's kind of where Pulse cards I, typically were. Is they I would hope be it doesn't a, go around back the up. reference price. No, I, I, I don't think it will. I mean, the, the 7900 XT felt a little overpriced at $900, if I'm being honest. And it feels a lot better at $800. Mm-hmm. But this is just the modern yeah. era of it's all too damn expensive and it's depressing so let's move on to picks of the week josh all right so i woke up this morning at 6 48 oh you lucky bastard you yeah but i i usually wake up at seven but i thought that if i woke up at seven i'd be too late to be able to get one of these but that was a little mistaken however uh, Thrustmaster has finally released the T818 into the U.S. market. <gasps> and you can actually still really? buy one tonight. It's the first direct drive unit from Thrustmaster. It's been available in Europe. I mean, it's it's gotten pretty good reviews, but in terms of uh, the amount of force, it's a 10 Newton meter unit. Um, Fanatec has a, you know, kind of lower cost I believe it's 550 and that's an eight nanometer unit. But uh, yeah, I didn't need to get up as early as I did, you know, 15 minutes, 15 whole minutes, which I could have been sleeping, but I ordered one, the basic one, as well as the cockpit mounting kit. What color? And what? What color? Just the, just the regular T818. Oh, okay. Not the gray or orange. Okay. Yeah, it's just the regular blued one. Not not with it. so they have half off of the secondary color uh plates that you can throw in and I okay. don't care. Okay. About that. So yeah, if you scroll down then it's the uh, oh. 649 is the base unit and it still has a nice looking blue plate and you know, a little red nice. LED lighting and yeah. Yeah, it's it's nice. It comes with the things that you need except uh, mounting options. You need a separate mounting plate. Oh. Or you need a separate desktop clamp. So uh, it's, it's you know, it's not perfect, but they, they redid their entire um, wheel swap out thing. So it's no longer a, a plastic ring that you screw on. It's, you know, it's a metal clamp that uh, goes in there and apparently is quite solid. 
but uh, currently they do not have a new wheel that actually clicks into that. You have to take one of the current Thrustmaster wheels and uh, do an adapter to it to be able to fit in. But they ship one adapter mm-hmm. with each of the uh, direct drive wheels that they have. And apparently it's still pretty sturdy. See, look how fast you can swap those things out. So fast. RGB. Gotta have them. And for <laughs> 650 I think that as an appropriate price point for a 10 Newton meter direct drive wheel. And plus, since my son's girlfriend electrocuted my TSPC and it died, I really needed to get a replacement. So I figured I'll spend more. We should hear that story someday. No. She's okay. not paying Are for it. Are you sure we want to? Well, it was an accident. Mm. Okay. You're too nice. It was. It involved it. a heating pad and a power strip and there you yeah. go. And a, and a fake UL listing from the Amazon product. And, you know. um, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Polarity. The polarity C-E. ensued. <laughs> C-E. <laughs> Jeremy, your pick. Well, I thought you were just worried that I'd be a little while. No, it's fine. Well, no, I, I, if you've been watching the show for a while, you probably have assumed that I'm a Lord of the Rings fan. And so I was really excited a long time ago when Drop sent me the, a Dwarvish keyboard. You recognize the uh, crown of Durin there. And so they recently reached out again. And for anyone who loves mechanical keyboards, these are built off of the Drop Enter uh ridiculous keyboard it's about two pounds worth of metal and keycaps but uh they just sent me the black speech one which i'll have to unplug to be able to get you to see this it's it's a little more fun because the camera is not going to focus but the slant on black speech looks very different it's much darker But again, it's the exact same specs as the full review I did of the Dwarven keyboard. It's just, if you're a Lord of the Rings fan and you like mechanical keyboards, I mean, this is, this is pretty much what you want. Me, I mean, I, mechanical keyboards are nice and all, but dropping a hundred and 200 bucks on a keyboard, or in this case, it's on sale for 169 is I don't know. It's it's kind of weird, but at the same time, they're gorgeous. You, you can't argue that they're pretty, and they it almost perfectly matches the numpad that I had to buy because these are you know numpadless keyboards or ten keyless as we prefer. Uh, so, I mean, if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, it's it's gorgeous. It it's fully licensed. Uh, the back of it has the the a wonderful stamp on it. You can pick up these key pa- the the actual keycaps themselves for like $130. So if you're thinking about building your own, you, you might be better off just buying one of these straight out. It's What are the uh, switches on this one? Uh, they're from their own. Uh, okay. I, sorry, I got to jump to the uh, little thing that I did here. But... Uh, Oh, thank you. There you go. So they're Holy Panda X switches with uh, their own phantom stabilizers. The uh, Dwarven one I've been using hardcore now for about nine months or so. The the die on the PBT caps is not faded at all. In fact, I had to clean off some grunge to be able to show them properly on those <laughs> pictures. If you like the pointy-eared ones, yeah, you can get an Elvish one too. If you, if you want Quenya, you can do that. I don't know. It's... It's it's a niche market, but I'm a sucker. It's 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 Lord of the Rings. I grew up on this stuff. The 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 place where I was born and spent the first couple of my years of my life, my parents christened a uh, bag end. So you, you, that's where I come from. Uh, Brett, it's your turn. As I was saying, uh, I hadn't picked storage in a while, and your motherboard probably has an unused NVMe slot. Why? Why? Spend $54 and get yourself another 
terabyte of Gen 4. Maybe not the super duperest best out there, but it's another terabyte of Gen 4 3D NAND NVMe M.2 SSD for only $54. My We're approaching five cents a gigabyte, aren't we? For This is for Gen 4 with the advertised rating of 5,000 megabytes a second. You know, maybe not over its entire life or it's first generation gen four performance, but what what are they, what do they charge for the, uh, the two terabyte is 124. The four terabytes, two twenty four. Yeah. Just get a bunch of the ones and put them together in like a, (laughs) you know, a JBOD or something. Yeah. There's a few cards out there that allow you to, to hand jam these into a 4x slot on uh, your motherboard, so go mm. do it. Yeah, yeah, just do it. Listen to Brett. Just do it. Do you have fifty five dollars? Do you have an open M.2 slot on your motherboard? What's wrong with you? Pack it in. Pack it do in. Do it. Mm-hmm. Who cares if it's dramless? You yeah. don't always need DRAM. It's it a great work. Steam drive. Really? Oh mm. no, it is. And if you, and if you and if you lose crap on it, just wipe it and re-download your games. If you have a fast enough internet I, connection, yes. I don't think that they yeah. manufacture these for them to like not work. I mean, it's not Samsung, right? It's crucial. It's probably going to be fine. When I first started at PC Power in 2014, it was actually right around this time. In 2014, it was March. Uh, I uh, I was still backing up my Steam library to a Seagate 250 gigabyte free agent external USB 2.0 hard drive. Hmm. Uh, everything's faster than that. So, I mean, this is, <laughs> who cares if it doesn't have DRAM? It's, it's, it's going to be faster than a USB external drive, even a fast one, even though like the mm-hmm. 10 gigabit per second, you know, USB. I love cheap storage. Almost as much as never mind. Oh, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, my pick this week. I was inspired by Josh, who was teasing me on Twitter. He found a teasing. some HP Pavilion desktop that looked rather dirty, and he's like, "How much did you pay me for this, Sebastian?" <laughs> and I was like, uh, hi, "Ha ha!" Just because I have two similar PCs to that one in my <laughs> attic right now, you think I want a third? So before the well, podcast, yeah. oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Josh. No, no, no. Yeah, you did. Third time's charm, you know. You got to complete the collection. Well, before the podcast, I walked up my extremely steep attic stairs, and I grabbed this. Oh, Lord. Mm. This is an HP Pavilion something or other. I think it's a 4000 series, a 4440. This is a very compact uh, system. I believe it's Baby AT based. It's a Socket 7, Super Socket 7, actually, I think, because it has a 350 megahertz K62 in it. The reason I got this a few years ago is because it's the exact PC that was the very first Windows PC in my household when I was a kid. Well, a teenager. We didn't have a computer. And then... One day after I got a part-time job, I come home on my bike and there's this HP desktop set up in the dining room. I'm like, where the hell did this come from? And my sister's like, oh, I got that today. I'm like, what? They got a computer today while I was at work. Okay. So then the next day at work, uh, I worked at one of those places that sold everything, like a supermarket. And it had a PC section, like PC software. So I was I immediately bought PC games. I'm sorry, bringing them home like X-Wing, Tiger Woods, Golf, 1999. Those were a couple of the first games I bought and uh, played it on this thing with its 3D Now technology, which I re- I didn't know anything about computers. So I was reading the brag sticker on the front, like, what is mm-hmm. 3D Now? So I, mean, I, can pl- I can play 3D games. Good. Yeah. And then I discovered, well, I can't play very many 3D games because it has like SIS, whatever, integrated graphics. Yeah, it's a 1996 performance for 1999, which is essentially 100 years in computer terms. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's uh, oh, and the Quantum Fireball six gigabyte hard drive in that thing, which Quantum. this one has. It was kind of loud then. 
It is really loud now. The bearings. <laughs> if you haven't experienced the, the joy of old half-inch quantum <laughs> hard drives. <laughs> yeah. It's bad. But uh, it was cheap. Apparently it was some Walmart special computer bundle. What? What? Jeremy? I can't hear you. can't hear him. Jeremy's muted. Hey, no, I, I, I switched the USB on my uh, keyboard to see if the hum went away. Mm-hmm. It is. But apparently I switched oh. the uh, microphone's plug, so it got upset. No, it's still there. Well, uh, it's still there. It's that yeah. time again. Somebody in our YouTube chat is telling us that, you know, stop doing computer science because sand cannot think. It's crazy. Mm. Uh, sorry, Guybrush, three-point in the YouTube chat, but we will continue this show next week and for every week thereafter until I die <laughs> in some form or other there. Uh, no, I can't make that promise. Uh, anyway, no. this has been the PC perspective podcast. Anybody have any words of wisdom for the audience? Josh has some. No, I don't. Kids, don't put words in his mouth. Pay attention at school. Yeah. Eat your vegetables. And do well, otherwise you're going to end up like us. Oh. As my and brother you- always says, keep your mouth shut and your bowels open. You may think you can, but you're probably not going to be a game programmer. Oh. Hey. By the way, the picture in the background, Brett, is that you uh, all decked out in the middle of an intense airsoft battle? Oh, I that? didn't want to talk about that. I was just doing some posing. Yeah, it's, it's oh, okay. You it's paid a lot for that, didn't you? Oh. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Good night.